0: The Selfish Path to Romance. Download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com. I can't believe you don't want to go to your own son's graduation. It's
1: not a graduation. He is moving from the 4th grade to the 5th grade. It's a ceremony. It's psychotic. They keep creating new ways to celebrate mediocrity, but if someone is genuinely exceptional... This is not about you, Bob. This is about Dash. You want to do something for Dash? Then let him actually compete. Let him go out for sports. It'd be great. (laughs) and that's uh, that's something we can all use. You don't want to have an easy win just somebody saying, "Oh, that was great for something that you that is mediocre, that you know is not great. Maybe it's as as simple as a meal that you cooked and it wasn't that great and somebody's saying, "Oh, it's the best meal I've ever had." Or maybe it's an accomplishment that you uh you passed your course with a C and somebody says, "Oh, how fabulous." And what does that do when you get the A? It it just undermines it. If you work on another course and you get an A, it just undermines your, the credibility of the person speaking. It undermines the causal link between your effort and the uh, the the reward that um, the emotional reward that you get. It levels everybody. It's that. Equality that doesn't work. Everybody is equal. Everybody is not equal. Some of us make better choices. Some of us make bad choices. Some of us occasionally make bad choices, and we want to better those choices so we can enjoy our lives. And We need to reward the good people and uh, call the people who are making bad choices, including ourselves on the carpet. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner, and my show is The Rational Basis of Happiness. I'm a clinical psychologist. My number is toll-free, 1-877-DR-KENNER. You can call me with any questions that are keeping you awake at night or just stressing you out. And right now, I want to welcome Ryan to the phone. Ryan, you are staying awake at night, or you're having some anxiety during your sleep?
0: Yes, I am, actually.
1: Yeah? Tell me about that.
0: Um, well, it started when I was a kid, and um, I just, every time I go to sleep, I feel, like, fear of it. I, I don't know if it's, like, insecurity about, um, like, going to sleep, but I get, like, waves of anxiety. And then um, I'm in med school right now, so I'm, you know, stressed out during the day, but I should come home and feel tired. But when I lay in bed, everything, like, I uh, just feel my heart pounding and racing and it's not like I'm thinking about school or anything in general, but um, I don't know. And then I start getting afraid of those fe- feelings and fears. And right. That's called a countdown. secondary
1: emotion. When you become anxious about your anxious feelings... Yeah, it's a yeah. secondary problem. Something triggered the original problem when you were a kid. I mean, it doesn't come out of nowhere. Psychology is causal. Do sure. you know what was going on when you, I don't know if you can remember back that far, I don't know what your age was, but what were some of the key reasons that you would have felt anxious as a kid and a little fearful sleeping?
0: You know, I can't place it on anything in particular. Um, I remember my brother, when he was young, I have a younger brother, he kind of went through this little phase and he would, like, start crying every, like, like five, like, if he went to sleep and he couldn't fall asleep in five to ten minutes, he would cry, and I would hear him, um, and I don't know, like, I was young, and, like, it kept my parents up until, like, midnight, and, you know, he kind of got over it, but I've never really gotten over, like, the fear of kind of being by myself, and uh, just, like, I don't know. It's really strange. Okay. I mean, I'm 23, so it's kind of weird.
1: Okay. Look at how fascinating this is because you're looking for clues. When you have an emotion as an adult and as a very intelligent adult, if you're in med school, when you have an emotion that just doesn't make sense and it's disrupting your life, you want the ability to be able to take a close look at that emotion and allow your mind over time to do the detective work as a as a curious scientist and you're you're starting to talk about it and as you talk about it, even though you use you might use words like, you know, it's weird or it's strange, it's not strange, it's causal. And look at the clues you have so far. That there was a sleep problem in your household. Your brother would stay keep everybody awake by crying, so you know, that's very disruptive. You you want to just be able to gently go off to sleep at night and you don't know when it's going to be punctuated by crying, which just uh, causes a ruckus in the house. Your parents are up and they're frustrated. You know, they're, they're up till midnight. They have to wake up the next morning. And so they're, you've got some clues from that. Then you mentioned something else in passing. Do you know what it was?
0: I'm not exactly sure.
1: <laughs> you said being by myself.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's... I go ahead. I, I, when I, um, my girlfriend stays over, I feel very comfortable Um. And I can immediately go to sleep. But when I'm by myself, I usually have to take, like, a Lunesta or something because, uh, I, I don't know, I just can't stand for being, like, a, like I guess awake for more than, like, five to ten minutes or else, I, like, the waves of anxiety will just take over.
1: Okay, so th- that's another clue. That's another mm-hmm. wonderful clue as a scientist, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, by Being by yourself. People, I've worked with many very intelligent adults who've come in and they said they they've told me they can't sleep. And we do the detective work and for each person it's unique. It depends on your own history. Some people maybe had someone break into their house as a kid and they didn't remember it until now, somebody else had trauma within their family that happened that their that m- disrupted their sleep pattern as a child. Uh, it doesn't have to be a big thing. I had difficulty sleeping because I saw a movie that was uh, not even a horror movie, but it had a spooky part in it. Mm-hmm. And that kept me away for a month. And to this day, my husband, if he just comes, you know, and gently comes in the room and puts his hand on the back of my shoulder or something, I might go, oh! <gasps> Like that, <laughs> you know? yeah, I, I do. I'm
0: very jumpy.
1: <laughs> but I know what that's from, and it's just that silly movie. And the reason I know it is, I allowed my mind to do the detective work. And one day I said, "Don't go jumping out at me like that," and I immediately <laughs> remembered from childhood this movie. It was a Haley Mills movie, I think, The Moon Spinners, where somebody jumps out in a very quiet place. You think nobody's there, and someone jumps out. So, what? This is my telling you: don't beat up on yourself like this is weird, this is abnormal, this is strange, and because that's going to fuel the secondary emotion of being anxious about the anxiety. Look at it as a pro- as a problem to solve, as a, di- a scientist. Mm-hmm. And you already have two cues, and you can elaborate on those. When we get off the phone, um, you know, on your own is an ongoing project. Being by yourself, what when you think of being by yourself, what imagery comes to mind? What are the fears?
0: Um, I guess. Well, I mean, during the day it's okay. I mean, I study a lot, so I'm a lot by myself. Um, so that's kind of part of yeah. the I think part of the problem. I don't get a lot. You of need the
1: cognitions. Right <laughs> you actually need the thoughts and the cognitions of what if that fear could speak what would it whisper to you?
0: Um, like, I hate, I hate, I don't know, being alone. I don't know. I have a, being I alone. I have a because
1: yeah. what will happen, if you hate it, that means that there's some threat, some uncertainty, something uncontrollable, something that's causing a lot of stress. What category would that be in? What What comes to your mind?
0: Um, I guess... Fear of the unknown, like what's out there, and I can't control it. I'm okay, but
1: what it. unknown? Are you worried about a terrorist attack? Probably not. I don't
0: know. I mean, are
1: I'm you not. worried about going to the bathroom in the bed? I mean, there's a whole range of <laughs> possibilities.
0: Um, I guess, like somebody coming in and not being able to like defend myself. I know it's okay. kind of weird. Um, okay,
1: so you hear the word weird yeah <laughs> it's causal, so figure out in your life when that threat might have occurred when there was it, what is there any reality base to that? Was there a movie you saw? Was it something that happened or a family story that was passed down where someone did threaten or come in the house or And again, we won't be able to do that all now, but that's the beginning of introspection. You look for the cognitions. If you want more information on how to do this, I love cognitive therapy. Cognitions just are a a dressed-up way of saying thinking, your thoughts. What are the thoughts underlying your emotion of anxiety? Anxiety means uncertainty. You're feeling uncertain. Sometimes it means self-doubt, too. You don't know if you can manage what will happen. People who have served in the war you know, I have a family member who served in uh, the war, and not in the war, but World War II, actually, yes. And um, had difficulty sleeping because he was afraid he'd be attacked. Mm-hmm. You know that's common so figure out what in your context leads you to that emotion Ryan and you can always look up cognitive therapy i have a link to it at my website drkenner.com listen i want to thank you so much for your call thank you so much oh, i really appreciate you. oh thank you and if do you have a coworker who's a nag what about a coworker who is not just a nag not just someone who talks too much about their kids and drives you crazy but someone who is a loner And the boss even admits that this person has issues and you're worried about what's going on with him. Is he safe? How do you act around him? Uh, you're, you're, you might be afraid he might lose it. Coming up, I will talk about this issue with a trauma and crisis expert, Doctor James Campbell, who is the author of *Hostage, Terror, and Triumph*. I'm Doctor Ellen Kenner on the Rational Basis of Happiness. Toll-free one eight seven seven Doctor Kenner D R K E N N E R. And my website is drkenner.com.
0: Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, The Serious
1: Romance Guidebook by clinical psychologist
0: Dr. Ellen Kenner and Dr. Edwin Locke.
1: One way to actively and respectfully listen to your partner is to put yourself in each other's shoes. If you are upset because your partner forgot to pay the electric bill, imagine how you'd feel if the tables were turned. This helps you empathize with his or her feelings. Help your partner focus on the essential issue. If he or she is meandering, refocus your partner by gently asking, what is your main concern? Or how would you sum up the problem? If your partner is angry, hurt, or sad, you want to acknowledge the strong emotions or nonverbal messages, you seem to feel strongly about this, or I noticed you just wince, what exactly are you feeling?
0: You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com, and you can buy The Selfish Path to Romance at Amazon.com.